Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 22, Passing It Forward. This is part two of a two-part telling. When he awoke, he was alone. The slit in the side of his curtain showed nothing but dark. He glanced at his watch. It was after eight. Christine, he called. He pushed the sheets down and went to the bathroom. While he was pissing, he caught his reflection in the vanity mirror. He had long scratches down his back. He reached around and touched them, winced, and smiled at how he had gotten them. Christine? He called louder this time. He walked around the small cabin looking for her, knowing she was gone. Somewhere deep inside him... A little thing broke, like a tiny spring that he never knew existed, suddenly gave way under a lifetime of strain. He walked to the window and pushed open the curtains. He looked at the snow-draped forest in the semi-dark. He stood till the sun had set, and he could see his reflection of his naked pale body. He looked at himself. He was just a man, nothing special. She was special out of this world special, a being so pure could never belong to someone like him. He turned from the window and got dressed. It would be soon time to go to work, but it wasn't. He had hours to wait and nothing to fill them with. He sat on his couch as the cabin cooled. The fire had died long ago. He knew he should restart the fire. He knew he should eat something. He sat staring at nothing until it was time to go. He pulled on his coat and his boots and trudged to the truck. With a groan, he realized he had forgotten to plug it in. The truck barely turned over. At first, he was sure it wouldn't start, but finally, with a roar, it came to life. He breathed white into the cab. He drove to the motel and fell into his routine. His shift passed without excitement. On his drive home, an idea popped into his mind. Maybe she was there waiting for me. He pushed hard on the accelerator. The old truck growled as it shifted down. He skidded into the campsite and stopped in front of the cabin, threw the truck door open and raced to the door. Inside, it was cold and dark. She was not there. He stood in the middle of the room. He walked to the couch and sat. After a couple minutes, he lay down. His coat was still on. He pulled his booted feet up onto the couch and fell asleep. Glenn? The voice of a man's coming from outside. Glenn heard it. He ignored it. He was tired. He just wanted to sleep. Glenn? The voice was closer. Then the voice was right beside him. Glenn, what the fuck? You're going to freeze! He yelled, shaking Glenn. He pulled Glenn to a sitting position. Wake up! I'm tired. Just let me sleep, Glenn said, or thought he had. It came out as unintelligible mumbles. 
Glenn, wake up! The man yelled again. He shook Glenn. Fuck! I gotta get you warmed up. He rushed to the stove, slamming the door shut as he passed. He got the fire burning, went to the kitchen and turned on the elements and the stove, leaving the oven door open. He raced around the cottage, opening curtains to let in the sunlight. Glenn had slipped back down into a prone position. The man sat him upright again. Glenn, wake up! You can't sleep now! The man yelled. Glenn tried to push the man away. He felt drunk, his movements clumsy. The man slapped him across the face hard. His eyes popped open, startled. What? He managed to say. It took some work. The man finally got Glenn on his feet. He stumbled around with the man's arms helping. They walked till the man was sweating and Glenn was moving on his own. The cabin was warm. Glenn recognized his savior. It was Sam, the old guy he had rented the cabin from. I saw your truck with the door open. Then I saw the cabin door open too. What the fuck are you thinking? Sam asked. Glenn looked at Sam. I was just tired. It was a long shift. Well, pretty fucking stupid, he said. He looked around the cabin. Okay, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Glenn said. Sam grunted and left. Glenn shut off the stove and the oven. He undressed, had a warm shower till the water became cold, crawled into bed and went to sleep. It was night when he woke. He hadn't drawn the curtains, and the blackness surrounded the cabin. He slipped out of bed, hugged himself against the chill of the air, and put some wood in the stove. He was down to embers, but he got it burning quickly. He went to the window to look at the stars through the trees. He could see very few because of the moon, full and bright, dominated the sky. He looked at the moon. It seemed so close. In the cold night air, it had an intensity that seemed to almost have heat to it. He felt the pull of it like vertigo. A shape caught his eye as he was looking up. It crossed a yard between the cabin and his truck. The moonlight outlined the shape. He wasn't sure what it was, an animal, maybe a dog or a bear. It was dark, fur-covered, and moved quickly past the truck into the trees where it vanished. It could have been anything. He was living in the boonies. He turned back to the room, checked his watch. It was nearly time to go to work. He crossed the floor, dressed, and pulled his coat and boots on. Outside, he looked for tracks in the snow. He found too many to decipher anything from them. Once again, he had forgotten to plug the truck in. He turned the ignition and was rewarded with a dull click. He tried a couple more times. He was going to need a boost. He plugged the truck in, knowing it wouldn't do much good at this point. But if he wasn't going to be late, he'd have to walk over to Sam's. Late as it was, he hoped Sam was in, awake, and willing to come out and give him a boost. His feet crunched on the cold, hard-packed snow. He shoved his hands deep in his pockets, hunched over against the cold. The hair in his nose seemed to freeze. It took a few minutes to get to Sam's. Glenn was happy to see the house was lit up. A noise off to his right in the trees made him turn. Something was following him, walking in the deep snow there. He walked faster. The footfalls didn't speed up, but neither did they stop. He was nearly running by the time he got to Sam's front door. Whatever was pacing him had stopped. He could no longer hear it in the trees. He knocked on Sam's door and heard Sam curse from inside. The door flew open. Sam stood in the doorway, glaring, but softened when he recognized Glenn. 
Oh, it's you. You okay? Sam asked. Yes, I'm good. Thanks again. That was stupid, Glenn said. It sure the fuck was, Sam said. What do you need? I'm sorry to bug you with all this, but my truck. I didn't plug it in, so... So you need a boost. Okay, no problem. Step inside while I get my coat and boots on, Sam turned from the door, leaving the door open for Glenn to walk in. He followed, glancing behind at the trees. He didn't see anything. Sam's house was nothing like his cabin's. It was a real home. From where Glenn stood, watching Sam pull his jacket on, he could see Sam's wife. He couldn't remember her name. The room she was in was dark except for the glow of the TV. I'm going to give Glenn a boost, Sam called out. Okay. Is he okay? Sam's wife asked. I'm good, thanks, Glenn said. I'm glad to hear it. Stay warm. Back in a second, Sam said as he opened the door to his right that led to the garage. Glenn followed, closing the door behind him. It only took a minute to drive over in Glenn's truck. Sam nosed in tight to it. They got out, opened their hoods, and hooked up the cables that Sam had pulled from behind the seat. Glenn climbed into the cab, and the engine started after a few tries. He left it idling, jumped out to help, but Sam had the cables unhooked and rolled up already. Thanks, Sam. You're a lifesaver. Yep, more than once, Sam smiled. Don't make it a habit. No, sir, I won't, Glenn chuckled. Glenn climbed in the cab of his truck as Sam drove away. It was already warming up. Drove to work, his mind on Christine. He had so many questions, he couldn't stop thinking about her. He got to the motel and settled into his shift. He picked up his book again. He put it down when he reread the same paragraph three times and still couldn't remember what it was about. He just couldn't concentrate. Staring into the night, he shivered. It was so cold and dark. To be out in that, alone and hurt, it terrified him. Something moved just out of sight, a slight less dark shape against the black. He stood and looked harder. There was something there. He pulled on his coat, grabbed a flashlight, and walked outside. He pointed the flashlight's beam into the black past the parking lot's light. It found nothing. He kept moving forward till he reached the edge of the light. The flashlight beam pushed against the dark. Two red dots in the black. He stared, not knowing what he was looking at. Then the red dots blinked. Glenn stepped back a pace. The red eyes stared at him, steady, calmly. He took another step backward. From the dark, he heard a low growl. So low, so slow, it was a series of bass note clicks. He stopped. He realized that the animal he was looking at was either very large or in a tree. The eyes were more than a head taller than himself. He hoped it was in a tree. The growl came. So low he felt it rather than heard it. He stepped backwards. The creature stepped forward, the moonlight catching the top of its head. It was not a small creature in a tree. Its large, triangular head could just be seen. It had very tall, pointed ears with tufts of hair at the tip making them look even taller and thinner. He stood, eyes wide, mouth agape. When the growl came again, he turned and ran. He ran flat out like a hound of hell was on his tail. And maybe it was. 
He tripped in the middle of the parking lot. He fell hard, skidding on the frozen gravel. He rolled onto his back, expecting fangs to snatch at him, claws to tear at him. Nothing. No claws, no fangs, and no red eyes. Only the dark. Suddenly, the air was filled with a roar and a brightness surrounded him. He crabbed backwards as the truck skidded to a stop, narrowly missing him. The driver jumped out of the truck. What in hell are you doing on the ground? Damn near run you over, the driver yelled. Glenn looked past the driver to the dark in the forest. What's wrong with you? You drunk or something? No, no, sorry, just slipped, Glenn said. Well, it's a good way to get yourself killed. The black mass that flew out of the dark smashed into the driver with such force it lifted the side of the truck up, threatening to tip it over and pushing it sideways several feet. The driver had time enough to scream once, then the inside of the truck's windshield was hosed with blood. The truck shook violently as sounds of rending and tearing mixed with low snarls filled the parking lot. Glenn scrambled to his feet and raced to the office. He slammed the door behind him, grabbed the phone, and dialed 911. This is Glenn at the motel on 89. There's a wolf or a bear attacking a man in the parking lot. From where Glenn stood, the phone to his ear, only partially hearing the woman on the other end of the line saying they were sending someone, he watched the truck shake. He stopped listening completely when the truck went still. His arm sank, still holding the receiver. From around the truck stepped a wolf, but unlike any wolf he had ever seen. It had huge hackles, long ears, and a thin, tapering snout. Its red eyes looked at him. It was tall, standing taller than he was, on surprisingly thin, almost delicate legs that ended in large paws. It stood still for what seemed a long time. Then its ears perked, its lips pulled back to reveal extremely long canines. It growled low and turned to disappear into the dark trees. Glenn stood for several minutes until he heard sirens coming down the highway. He became aware he still held the receiver at his side. He brought it to his ear. The woman was frantic. Yes, he said calmly and hung up. The two cop cars came screaming into the parking lot seconds later. The blue and red flashing lights bathed the parking lot in a weird, festive atmosphere. He walked out of the office, slow and calm. You Glenn? the young cop called. Yes, Glenn said as he walked towards him. Where's the attack? Yes, Glenn said, pointing at the truck. He watched the two officers walk to the truck. They both swore when they saw what was there. One gagged, but didn't throw up. The remaining two officers nervously joined them. They turned on Glenn, demanding to know what happened. He told them, calm and detached. Then he told them again. More cops arrived, as well as an ambulance. It was crowded. Absently, Glenn thought he wasn't going to have any customers tonight. His boss would be pissed. It wasn't his fault, he thought indignantly. He overheard one of the cops, who seemed to be in charge, complaining. This is the worst fucking day. Starting with some young girl going on a killing spree with a kitchen knife? Sliced up her boyfriend, now this? I fucking hate full moons. It brings on the crazy. Glenn was asked several more times what he had seen. By the time they said he could go home, the sun was up. 
His boss was stomping around, trying to get this mess cleaned up as soon as possible so he could get back to business. He wasn't having much luck. He didn't talk to Glenn, just nodded. Glenn drove to his cabin slowly, pulled up in front, plugged the truck in as he walked to his door. Inside, he walked straight to his bed, crawled in fully dressed, and went to sleep. It was late afternoon when he woke to a noise. He climbed out of bed and walked to the main room. Christine sat there on the couch in his dirty, too-big overalls. Christine, he said. She looked at him. There was sadness in her eyes. Hi, Glenn. Miss me? Christine, where'd you go? She shook her head. Oh, I've been around. He wanted to go to her, to pick her up, to hold her, but something in her voice made him stay where he was. I'm sorry. I thought I could do it. I thought I could stay away. You are so kind, so loving, and it's not fair, but I like you, she stood and stepped towards him. My father didn't know what he did. He thought he was doing what he had to. He was wrong, but I never got to tell him. She stopped in the middle of the room and glanced out the window at the creeping twilight. I don't want to be alone. My last boyfriend wasn't nice to me when the change came over him. I fixed him earlier today. She smiled and started to unzip the coveralls. I want you to be with me. I'm sorry, there's only one way you and I can be together. She let the coveralls fall to the floor. She stood in the half-light, beautiful, pale, and naked. Glenn's eyes traced her body. He felt himself stir. Something shifted. It must be the failing light. She looked taller. She jerked. Then she bent over like she was in pain. Her long hair fell forward. The light slipped into darkness. She growled low. When she stood, two red eyes regarded him. He stood frozen, trying to understand what had just happened. She leapt. I hope you enjoyed the conclusion of Passing It Forward. Tune in next week for Radio SHP 666, Backroad Radio, the voice of Hard Place. Music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up. Thank you.